So you may have heard of the zero waste movement in your home, maybe even at your local cafe, but have you considered how much trash has been created by films? Well, the numbers are astounding. Today, I am joined by Emily Gallagher and Austin Elston, who are the co-founders of Fishtown Films, who share all about how they've turned their production company into a zero-waste company who thinks about the planet and the future of our people. Did you know that large production can produce up to two to five tons of scrap metal, roughly 50 tons of construction and set debris, 72 tons of food waste, and that's not even mentioning the single-use plastic consumption on set. 80% of plastic bottles that are used are not recycled and end up in landfills or waterways. Plastic does not decompose within our lifetime. So it is within all of our interest to protect our oceans and our earth by not using plastic. Luckily, the stats for not using plastic or single-use products is actually very beneficial for your pocket. Uh, 60 days of shooting without plastic bottles is only 5,000 $500, while with plastic bottles, it's almost double at $11,000. So today we're going to learn all about how going zero waste can not only reduce your impacts on our planet, but your costs and actually increase morale of the team. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love hearing feedback from you guys. If you could check out oceanpackage.com, there will be all the show notes that you may need from this and you can check out Fishtown Films as well as anything else we talk about. I also want to thank my patrons for helping me make this stuff possible. If you guys like my podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would find me on Patreon, Ocean Pancake. Uh, and yeah, join the family, join the mission of creating education for a cleaner, greener earth. Also, I do have an announcement for potential videographers, photographers, editors, writers, uh, and all ocean-loving divers and people. So stay tuned till the end of this episode to hear more about it. Every day, there's a new news story about the crisis facing our ocean, whether it's the plastic issue, overfishing, pollution. If the oceans die, we die. Fortunately, we have plenty of environmental activists, marine conservationists, and eco-warriors who are out there every day fighting to protect our oceans and our Earth. On the Ocean Pancake Podcast, we're going to be hearing from some of them about how to decrease our environmental footprint, go plastic-free, participate in ocean conservation, cleanups, and even maybe some marine science. So, welcome to the Ocean Pancake Podcast, where the goal is sustainability and living a turquoise life. My name is Kat Andreskova, and I'm your host today. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ocean Pancake Podcast. Today I am here with the co-founders of Fishtown Films. We have Emily Gallagher, who is the cinematographer, and then Austin Elston, who is the director. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're, we're, play, we're so happy to be here. So can you guys tell me how did this whole thing start? Because you guys are marketed as one of the only zero waste movie production companies. That is correct. Um, we started in 2015 when we became zero waste on our own. We started moving towards a zero waste lifestyle. 
And since we own our own company, by 2016, we realized we really wanted to implement it at work. The thing is, the film industry is notoriously wasteful. And the average film set generates tons of garbage per film. And we saw an opportunity to start trying to eliminate waste where we could. So yeah, in 2016, we started moving towards zero waste on every set. Was it hard to do that transition? Because, you know, even we saw Game of Thrones, they had the single-use coffee cups <laughs> forgotten behind. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it was, like, it was very hard. It's not, like, it's not undoable, but it just takes, like, it was such a mind change. Like, it became a mindful practice for us to, to work towards rather than continue just doing what we had been doing, which I kind of feel is what every industry kind of falls into. They... They know how to do their thing and they just continue to do it because there's so many other things that show up in their day to day that they have to take care of immediately rather than change kind of the organization of how they do what they do. What were you kind of like the first steps you had to take to turn it into a zero waste program? The first thing we did was look at craft services, which is food. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we started to do with that was notice that you could get a lot of, you know, there was a lot of packaging involved. And so since we had done it for ourselves personally, um, we decided to tackle the craft services table. So we started research, researching bulk foods that we could be providing for a large set. We started researching caterers that were willing to work with us, zero waste, started making sure we had reusables on the table and no more plastic water bottles, which if you're ever on a film set, you'll see is really bad. Um, and then, yeah, you brought up the coffee cup in Game of Thrones. We made sure that there were no, um, no single use plastic, no single use coffee cups. Like everyone had a mug or everyone had um, their own stainless steel water bottle, like just different ways to tackle craft services was the first thing we, we looked at. Did you find it difficult to find people to work with you on the zero waste kind of mission, like caterers and things like that, or is it becoming increasingly more popular and accepted? Uh, it's, it, it actually was surprisingly easy. We just had to ask. Like People were really uh, accepting of the idea and, and down to kind of play with us in that regards and try something new and try something sustainable. I mean, I think, I think we, just, like, we just had to ask. That's it. Like People were ready when we asked. Oh, that's great. So you like paint the picture for me. So usually a craft services table, what does it look like for the people here who haven't been on a set? <laughs> really? Um, a typical craft services table or many tables would be like mountains of plastic water bottles. You would see endless um, single use cups for coffee. You would see plastic forks, plastic spoons, disposable paper, disposable plates and whatnot. And then of course you see like endless amounts of garbage food, you know, just like lots of chips and lots of, um, you know, processed foods in bags and all kinds of muffins from like, uh, from your, your store that are just wrapped in plastic, either oh, yeah. single muffins or, or like, <laughs> like, or, 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 or containers full of muffins that are just wrapped in plastic yeah, I mean, there's so many different, like, um, and then of course, there'll be um, food brought in uh, for lunch and dinner and, and everything, because you want to feed your crew and your cast as you go, and sometimes shoot days are very long, so you'll be eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
And even in that, everything will be packaged. And so for us, think about it more like your dinner table, but with a lot more people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just becomes like, you just have to start with, with first water, coffee, move towards all of your reusable utensils, plates, and, and go from there and just having big, lots more food that's, that's in larger quantities, lots of glass jars full of, of um, nuts and, and all kinds of trail mix. And then of course you get to fruits and vegetables, which I think what we found really interesting was working with actors and crew. And as we moved to a more zero waste craft services table, discovered that they were happier because they were getting so much better food. They're getting a lot more vegetables and fruits. They were getting um, lots of nuts and seeds and they found themselves having a lot more energy on set and being a lot clearer of mind to be able to execute the hard work we were doing. Definitely. I can see from like the, the breakdown you guys sent me that you served 100% vegan food on one of the recent films that you guys did. As someone who's plant-based, you know, I, I think that's incredible. But what made you guys make that decision? We went plant-based ourselves over a year ago. And as we were getting closer and closer to filming in December, um, we realized that we had so many different kinds of allergies as well in our cast mm-hmm. and our crew. And we thought, well, this is just simply the easiest way to make sure everybody's covered and, and nobody, nobody's getting sick um, and everyone has food they can, that everyone can access to all the food. But also, since we were tackling this from a sustainable perspective, that is the most sustainable way to, cons- to eat. And so we had an opportunity to feed everyone um, really, really delicious, sustainable vegan food, and we took that opportunity. We also found that vegan caterers are a lot more interested in doing zero waste with us than non-vegan caterers. That was our experience. Uh, I can definitely see that being the case because generally for people who are vegan, they're already aware of a lot of the environmental issues. So they are more likely to be like working towards that. Exactly. Um, It's helpful. (laughs) Definitely. In terms of your like actors and like people on set, was this like a big conversation you guys had to have at the beginning of shooting or before you even hired them or anything like that, where you're like, this is how we operate and this is what we expect from you guys? Or what did that look like, like getting everybody on board with it? Yeah, it was a conversation from the beginning, from the very beginning. Uh, when we started having readings and uh, and auditions for the film uh, last uh, February, we let everybody know that this is the way that we were going to be handling our set and he- handling the, the the film in general. And and again, nobody had any sort of problem with it or any sort of issue with it. It was just like it was again a mindful act and everybody was really willing to play and participate in it from that first step in fact a lot of the actors said they felt more cared for uh, because we were being so mindful we were presenting them with all kinds of really healthy foods and and just communicating with them from the very beginning because the only way to pull this off this year-long project was telling everybody from the start and I was surprised by that. Like they were just so excited to tackle it because they cared about, even though none of them are zero waste, they were excited to try something different. But then they also were like, this is so loving. It's like a, it's a nurturing environment. I, I have found that any kind of zero waste things you do, it's, it is that it is more loving because it requires more forethought and planning. It's not about convenience. It's more about taking care of the planet and yourself. So I can see how they'd feel, you know, 
more loved in that respect. I was wondering, um, in terms of like, what everyone always says is zero waste is too hard or it's too much work. You guys went from, you know, using these single use things to transitioning to a zero waste set. Was there more work? How much more work is it to, you know, clean the dishes and all of that at the end of the day versus just throwing them away? Oh, it, it's definitely a lot of work. It's like it, but I, I think Emma and I both kind of came from the place of realizing that to be able to do this process, we had to look at what our end goal was and how we wanted to, how, what we wanted and how we wanted that, that final film to look and feel. And so we just built everything backwards. So we took the time to know that it was going to take some time to do dishes and to uh, uh, do laundry where you're going to wash the napkins that you're going to reuse or, or have the, like, have the, the reusables clean and ready and prepared. And we just built that into the time frame in which we were, uh, in which our production schedule was so that we weren't running behind and trying to catch up at any point. We were always within the kind of time frame and the process that we had already set forward. It, it, like, it was just a very, aware presence for us yeah i can i can see that if you're planning from the beginning then you're ready for it did it Mm -hmm. did it cause much problem financially like is it more expensive because that's so much cheaper is it 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 (laughs) is so much cheaper to be zero waste for film sets yeah uh we save thousands by doing it that way um we discovered, so our first project was a, a music video that we made a couple years ago um, for a punk rock band. And um, that one, that was when we first discovered how much more money we were saving by going zero waste. Um, because what, what you're working with is the, the foods are, it's cheaper, um, especially when you're doing it vegan, it's more inexpensive, but also you're not buying endless amounts of disposables and you're not, and you're sourcing your costumes thrifted. Like we did our whole film was salvaged, thrifted costumes. So now that's significantly cheaper than trying to run out and buy like 17 main characters costumes from from like different, you know, fast fashion companies or whatever. Um, and we were able to craft really unique costumes because of that. So yeah, no, no, it's it's a considerable savings to go zero waste. That's amazing. You'd think that would be yet another reason more people should kind of go towards this lifestyle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I do think that, like, I think that the reason that you you brought up before of the time frame is kind of the reason that people don't do it. It's mm-hmm. they get caught up in the idea that I'm going to have to add all these other chores, all these other things to the the to my life or to the 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 health and well being of this production or or this job, and it it really doesn't become that big of a thing. It's just an obstacle in your mind that you that you eventually get past as you work on it. Like as anything is, like you just, like nothing ever will be perfect. It's just a practice to make it as good as you can with the mindfulness of doing that. Definitely. You guys did mention that in your one year of doing this, you collected 16 ounces of trash. I'm curious, mm-hmm. what, is, what is in those 16 ounces? What are the things you absolutely could not, you know, be zero waste with? Um, a couple of things was gaff tape. On a film set, 
gaff tape is what you put down to, you know, lock down the um, cables and just make sure there's no things that you're going to trip over. It's just the tape you use on set. Mm -hmm. Um, And so gaff tape, that is mostly what's in the jar. (laughs) And and there's a a couple of props that we couldn't reuse. Like uh, we have some uh, police tape that we bought, which is just its own sort of weird and interesting kind of idea that the the police tape that's in the world is not disposable. It just lives there and then becomes trash and get, fills into a landfill. It never ever goes away. And we have, you know, like maybe like like three feet that we wrapped up and put into the, the jar. And you're like, how is this a problem? Like, why aren't we doing something about that sort of thing? Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even consider that, but I guess they would be using that a lot. And if it's not reusable or, you know, can be recycled then it's it's definitely a problem yeah yeah (coughs) um yeah it is weird that police tape isn't compostable Mm -hmm. it's like "Hmm, that's weird um but yeah yeah so mostly yeah mostly it was gaff tape um and i think there is i don't have the jar right in front of me but um there was one night where we did a lot of cooking and i'm used some tofu and so it's a tofu wrapper (laughs) yeah Uh, tofu wrapper is banned swear <laughs> i know it's made of everyone's existence um yeah so but we it's not bad i think we did pretty good no that's that's absolutely incredible i mean i'm still struggling um because i just moved into a new home to turn my house here zero waste and oh, we've got it far. down to one bag a week which you know is still much better than in a lot of cases but it, oh it's so hard. that's amazing <laughs> no that's amazing progress not perfection that's what it's all about yeah and it's just like it's really weird things here it's like cat food um, yes jars and that kind of stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. oh um, yeah and dog it's- snacks because my partner just keeps buying all the dog snacks because he's like they have to they have to have snacks <laughs> <laughs> apples apple slices for the puppy <laughs> yeah. um no that's really great i mean your whole breakdown of what you guys did for this film is amazing so all of your locations and sets were, you know, in real life, all of your costumes were vintage or self, like from mm-hmm. Salvation stores. I forgot the word for it. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's incredible. Like, did that take more time in terms of like scouting out locations and finding um, vintage clothes or something like that? We had an incredible costume designer, um, Beth Marcino. She's amazing. And she did all the, the thrifting and the salvaging of the costumes. We, she crafted the looks of everyone. We spent a lot of time with her like discussing what we wanted, and, but she went off and found it all. So it took her a while to find everything, but um, not any more time than it would take a costumer to go, probably even less time than it would take a costumer to go out and, and buy it all from scratch. Um, and the savings is incredible. Like it's so much cheaper. Um, and then as for the sets, we, we just found them. Um, we let Philadelphia be its own character and that was really important to us for the film. And so we went around to Philly, different indie shops and a bookstore called Head in the Hand and the Monkey Club is this amazing dive bar and they let us work in their spaces. And that made it so that we didn't have to set design anything. We let it be itself. That's amazing. I feel like that's also so much more authentic than what we see in so many movies nowadays. I mean, you can see all the videos on YouTube. Half of the stuff 
is just in front of a green screen even you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're really like missing that real authentic feel of people actually being on at a location yeah and and you also and because of this opportunity to use use the spaces as themselves we also didn't have the, the the experience that a lot of our actors relayed to us in which they'd worked on sets where the entire set would be on the street after the shoot for anybody to come pick up and and trash or or uh, take home like that people furnish their entire apartments because of the uh, the extra waste or extra uh, uh, sets and props that were were on the 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 day shoot and and that happens all throughout the film industry and a lot of that ends up in landfills rather than in storage and reused on other sets. I can imagine that in a way, like especially in the kind of consumerist mentality we live in, it's easier. Oh, let's just buy something new rather than check what you know the production company may already have (laughs) stored away somewhere. Oh, I know, right? And I mean, what's kind of exciting about switching to becoming a zero waste? If we could switch the industry to be more zero waste and Mm -hmm. sustainable, we would discover that so many businesses would pop up. You would have all these different resource exchange. We we here in Philadelphia have resource exchange. And what you can do with that is you can drop off all your old theater and film props and sets. And it can be, you can, then the next person come in and walk in and go, oh, I need this for my play. I need this for my film. And Mm -hmm. just constantly be exchanging stuff. So more businesses like that would pop up. You would have um, sustainable costume designers that would focus on thrifting. You would have, um, what, what else did you talk about? Oh, all the the green, um, you could have a whole green production assistant team that could just focus on being sustainable for the set. Like there's just so much business that will pop up once people start being more sustainable in film that we can just eliminate the trash part. That That's the thing, like not creating any trash doesn't mean there's less business or less money going around or available. It just means it's redistributed in a way that our planet isn't suffering. Yeah. Exactly. Which is so important. Hard <laughs> if there's no future. I know, I know. I just sometimes it's too much to think about. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's amazing Lots that you guys are doing this. Definitely. Um, what What was your first like catalyst to do it? Like, what What is your big motivation that keeps you like on your mission, on your path every day? Hmm, that's a great question. It started. For me, going zero waste started when I found Trashes for Tossers, um, mm-hmm. Lauren Singer's blog. And um, I saw the picture of the albatross with all the bottle caps in its belly that it had um, died from eating plastic. And I think every day that as we move towards making more our industry more sustainable, it's about taking care of future generations so that the art can can be sustainable in the future, as in not just sustainable, ma- being made sustainably, but being made so that as long as we have a future, people can continue to enjoy the art. Like films from you know 50 years ago that we're still passionate about, in 50 years, the films that are being made now can be loved, but only if we have a sustainable planet to exist on. So I think for me, it's mostly about just every day making choices that that are for future generations to be able to create as well. Yeah, I, I, I wanna echo most of what Emily said. 
and I think for, for myself, I, there was a level of my own apathy that I wanted to get rid of. Like there's, a, there's an engagement in life that is possible uh, that, that, is, that is greater than just being like, oh, well, the next generation is going to take care of it or the next generation or we're doing it for the children. And, and, and those sorts of comments lead me to feel like my generation or myself is left out of the conversation rather than saying it's my responsibility. Like it's my responsibility to be part of this, this sustainable future, this planet, this, this, this beautiful place that we have that is, that, that really doesn't actually need us to continue to survive, but that we're, uh, that we're just kind of wonderful participants in it. And if we don't, act as equal participants it will just find a way to uh, be done with us and and if i don't do something to make that a make this earth a better place and and try to do that through my art with the intention of making good art that can show and entertain people as well as be sustainable like what is really the purpose of all of this mm. yeah it's it's definitely difficult in that respect because I remember when I was in school, like in year three or something, they were teaching us about how to be more sustainable and not to use plastic bags because they could hurt the turtles. And I remember just thinking like, oh, these adults are teaching us. And then now I've grown up and I'm a teacher. And now essentially they're telling me to teach the younger generation. And I'm like, we keep passing the baton down but yes. we need to do it ourselves. Like, it's not enough for me to get into the classroom. Like, you kids, okay, when you grow up, you got to take care of these things. So then they'll just tell their kids. But it's about us doing it as well. Exactly. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, oh, it's up to the kids. The next generation is going to fix it. And I'm like, you're 26 years old. You fix it. You know, yeah. like, don't be that generation. <laughs> We're the ones that our parents said that about. Like, we were already there. <laughs> uh, it's so frustrating. It just, yeah. So, yeah. So, we're here to f change it. We're like, we're going to shake it all up and make everybody realize that it's possible. Definitely. And I love that you guys are not only doing this, like, behind the scenes. So, in your, you know, sets and in, on your craft tables and with your actors and your whole crew, but you're actually promoting these messages in your films. Mm. So you were talking about how um, within the film, you know, all your characters move through walking or biking or using a bus or lift rather than driving their own cars. Mm -hmm. So I think that's massive. What made you kind of do that? Um, that felt really, really important to us because I think the best way to make change is to normalize it. So if you're seeing your characters walking around with a reusable coffee cup, mm -hmm. then you're going to be like, oh, that, that's cute. I like, I like it. I wonder what cup that is. I'm going to go look it up and see about it. And it's just going to be part. I mean, I think Hollywood is one of the greatest influencers of this century. Oh, and there, we have an opportunity to make huge amounts of change by just showing people doing it. Like, that's that's it. It's just seeing somebody walk up with a coffee cup to the counter. It's seeing somebody grab their own tote bag when they're buying something to go. Like it's not hard to make these changes. And I think the more that we see it in our everyday entertainment, the less it's going to be radical or different or quirky. It's going to be just normal. 
I, I do notice whenever I watch a movie and they use single-use plastic or straws or anything, it just makes me really angry. I'm like, it's 2020, guys. <laughs> Nothing drives me crazier than when they open up their own freaking fridge and they pull out a plastic bottle of water and they start drinking it in their own kitchen. And I'm like, what is <laughs> happening? You're supposed to be in your own kitchen. <laughs> like, yeah, especially, you know, us living in privileged places in the world where, oh, sorry, my phone is ringing. Excuse me. <laughs> Um, especially when we live in places in the world where we're privileged enough to be able to have potable water coming straight out of our taps. Like we are not talking about, you know, certain areas in Africa or Asia where you cannot drink. So you have to find alternatives. And if you don't have a filtered reusable water bottle, then sometimes, you know, plastic bottles are the only option if you don't live there or, you know, in certain scenarios, but at home, in you know a first world country where you can definitely drink the tap water and you're pulling a water bottle out of the fridge yeah i don't know i yeah no words <laughs> i totally agree with you yeah, and, and and to kind of jump back on to to the point that em was making i think that part of the thing that we wanted to do with the film as well is we were very big in just representation in all manners like representation of the of, uh, of the zero waste lifestyle or a sustainable lifestyle. And we also, because the film is a queer rom-com to find uh, queer actors and to find a very diverse cast and make sure that everything was represented in the way that we thought would best serve the film and best serve the kind of narrative that we want this world to move towards. So showing people, uh, gender identities uh, 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 and, and representation of of, uh, of the sustainable lifestyle was really important to us just so that people saw it. So again, as Emily said, it became more normal, which I hate the term normalized, but I guess that's what we're stuck with at the moment. Uh, but it's like it, finding a way to make sure that people are seen because all of that really, really matters. Everybody being seen these choices for the planet, for our future being seen and being seen as positives and not being some sort of tossed off joke to, uh, by, a, by simple-minded folks, like was really important to us. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, I'm very excited to see this film. What is it, what is it called? <laughs> <laughs> we are trying to figure it out. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm, like, I'm sold, I'm, I'm watching it. <laughs> We think it's going to be called Misadventure, but we our working title right now is Here Comes the Blackout, but 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 we're working on figuring out what the title is. <laughs> well, you'll have to let us know once it's getting released. When when is that going to be? Uh, we aim to have it done for Earth Day, but we also are just sort of we also want it to be the best it can be. So our goal is Earth Day, but we'll we'll see. Okay, yeah, we're look we're looking to put it into film festivals around uh, around the world once once it gets done. But with the current health crisis, uh, everything's getting kind of pushed around. <laughs> so we're going to be very cognizant of, of that so that like there's no point in rushing a product for something that may never happen. So we'll get it done, hopefully for Earth Day, but in its proper time, and then find a way to get it into people's eyes. Oh, that sounds great. Well, I'm going to be looking forward to that, definitely. 
And our last, um, our first zero waste music video was actually screened at the Canberra Film Festival. I think. Yeah. Is that out by you guys? Yeah, so, it's well, it's still not really that far close, away but. from me, but <laughs> not that close, but <laughs> closer than us. <laughs> yeah, well, like the closest town to me is a six hour drive, so like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> In, in, in like the scale of Australia, that's around the corner. Don't, don't worry about it. That's just down the road. <laughs> Pop in for dinner. It's a 12 hour journey. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of crazy how isolated we are here, which is good in, in some sense with this uh, uh, health scare that's happening. But um, mm-hmm. on the other hand, we do have a lot of direct shipping containers coming from China. So we have a direct route. <laughs> <laughs> Uh fun times. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of deep breathing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily we're young and healthy, so it's about um I know. It's really about minimizing the spread of it. Um exactly. And being mindful for everyone else to make sure we're taking care for us healthy ones taking care of all the ones that are not that are immune compromised by like being mindful about our actions. Exactly. Um I wanted to ask you one last question, which is how I kind of end all my podcasts. And that is, if you had one piece of advice to, you know, share with people who want to help our planet, who want to help the oceans and the future, what would it be? Let's see. (laughs) I think my one piece of advice would be to... Let me chew on this for one second. <laughs> no problem. It's a big question. <laughs> what? I think the best piece of advice I heard was progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. So my advice would be whatever you're tackling, whatever big dreams you have, to do it slowly and mindfully and just believe, even if no one else has done it, that you can. It just might take a long time to figure out how to tackle it. So just be kind to yourself as you progress forward. That's yeah, very wise. I, I think that, I think my piece of advice is don't let, as hard as it is and how easy it is for me to say, don't let discouragement and apathy by other people control the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. When you like it, just because it hasn't been done, doesn't mean it hasn't been done or will never be done by anybody. You have an, you have the ability to make that action your truth. And if you're mindful, if you, if you attempt it with, with the right kind of plan in place for yourself and for the planet, like don't let other people's apathy or discouragement guide you into into their place. Like you can just be the leader that you are as long as you're being true to yourself and helpful to the world. And that's beautiful. I think that's something we all need to remember. I needed that as well. <laughs> oh, you're doing a great job. Yeah. We love your podcast. Oh, I'm so happy you guys like it. I just have such a good time talking to everyone and learning so much. Um, like I didn't even know what a big problem film sets were. Thank you for telling me about that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> There's just too much. <laughs> There's so much. There's so much. And that might be the other thing, just in, in what you're saying. Like, you, there is so much. It's mm-hmm. so easy to look around and be discouraged by that. 
Like take your little actions or what you perceive as little actions. Just your actions alone are huge. Like they make a huge difference on a day, on a week, on a month, on a year. Like it's huge, your ability to make that change, your ability to, uh, to articulate what you think is helpful and mindful and kind. Like that matters. Yeah. Because, because I think about how when we started this project, or when we started Zero Waste, it was just bringing a mason jar to the coffee shop every day. And it was that action every day where we were like, we're never going to forget this. Like every time we go, we're always going to bring our, our jar. And that within five years became making the first Zero Waste movie. That's amazing. I feel so inspired. Has anyone told you you guys should make movies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Um, thank you guys so much for that. I mean, I've learned so much and I'm sure people are very excited to hear about this and to learn about yet another avenue where people can go zero waste. And, you know, whether we like it or not, money does play a big role. So the fact that it is cheaper, um, mm -hmm. is, you know, enormous pro in the zero waste kind of movement. So thank you guys so much for sharing that with us. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Um, I think that's all, but I would love to hear more from you guys uh, on your next project or definitely let me know. Oh yeah, before I forget, you have to um, send me the photo of that mason jar or the jar you guys have with all the trash because I want to see what <laughs> a year of movie trash looks like when you're really <laughs> trying to cut it down. We absolutely will. We'll send you a bunch of pictures, including um, Catherine Kellogg is holding our jar. She's in the film from goingzerowaste.com. Oh, amazing. And she's lovely. She had a great time and she was fabulous in the film. So we're excited to have brought in a zero waste influencer to be represented in the film. That's incredible. All right. Well, thank you guys so much once again. And uh, thank we'll you. Talk soon. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Have a fantastic morning. Yeah. Take care. Thank <laughs> you. What a fantastic initiative done by these guys. Thank you guys once again, Emily and Austin, for joining me today. I learned so much and I'm so excited to see the movie, whatever it may be called. Now, into the announcement that I have. I want you guys, you future editors, podcasters, writers, photographers, videographers, marine biologists, divers, to contact me on oceanpancakepodcast at gmail.com about your experience and what you want to do because I want to get you guys involved. I'm looking for people who want to write articles, do Instagram takeovers, share information about their volunteering experiences and their diving experiences. Basically, I want Ocean Pancake to be a bigger community where we can all share information to help this earth and help our oceans. There are so many things that you guys are way better than me at but here the Ocean Pancake team is constantly looking to expand and to harness the power of many to create education and a better future for our earth. Just like always, I also want to thank Graham Mose for the epic music in this podcast, for letting me use it. For those of you guys who live in Brisbane, make sure to check him out live. He's a very talented musician, Graham Mose, and uh, you might like his band as well, Fat Picnic, so go check him out. Uh, he's incredible. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you guys in the next episode. I mean, you'll hear me in the next episode. You know how it goes. Bye. <laughs>